0: You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. the Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Full set. Your team. Pop! Every day. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Pack Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% will ever play professional football. But instead of joining the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day no matter how you watch this season because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. It is victory Monday. The Green Bay Packers held off a late rally from the Carolina Panthers and shrugged off a sloppy second half to win 24-16 on Saturday night, a game that they led 21-3 at halftime and they looked in complete control offensively they were getting whatever they wanted and they were they got stops on the first drive they got a three and out they score a touchdown all right the the panthers are able to get down to get a field goal packers respond with a touchdown it's 14-3 and and they're cruising the panthers okay they're going to make a game of it they come down and chris barnes at the one yard line reaches across swipes the ball away from Teddy Bridgewater. Kevin King picks it up. The Packers make it 21-3 in a game that could have been 14-10. We're talking about a 14-point swing. And really, that's when the game could have just been over. The Packers score. They force a three and out. They get the ball back. This is it. This is kill shot time. This is, let's put this game to bed, let's all go home early, break out the bourbon, and let's have some fun. Green Bay, unable to do it, they end up punting back to the the Panthers. They get a quick three and out. And now they even have a chance with about a a minute left to go down and maybe get a field goal before halftime. Rodgers hits Alan Lazard along the sideline for what would have been a huge gain, would have put them in position to get a field goal. It's a drop. And this is the second of five straight possessions that end in a punt for the Packers. The offense, for as much as we've talked about the defense this season, it was the offense that wasn't able to pull away because Green Bay goes five consecutive possessions with a punt. In the interim time, starting with the possession before that punt streak started, the Packers' defense, they get a three and out, three plays, no yards. They get a four-play drive and a punt, a five-play drive and a punt, and then finally give up the touchdown. They were getting stops. They were getting stops. And Green Bay's offense couldn't answer. They couldn't get anything going. And that was the difference in this game against a bad defense, a bad defense, one of the five worst defenses in the league. Against a team with an adjusted sack rate of 27th coming into the game, and the Packers boasting the fourth best adjusted sack rate this season, they give up five sacks, four to rookies. Derek Brown ate Lucas Patrick's lunch. Brian Burns was able to get the best of David Bakhtiari at times. I know that's particularly stinging for Packer fans, considering they could have had Brian Burns and Green Bay chose Rashawn Gary instead. It was the offense's inability to, in the middle part of the game, to get anything going that stopped this game from being a celebration rather than consternation. Carolina cuts it 21-13. Green Bay answers with a field goal. They make it a two-score game. 24-13. Carolina comes down with just over two minutes left. They kick a field goal to make it a one-score game, try and get the ball back, and do. They do it. Green Bay goes three plays minus eight yards. They take a sack at the end of the game. To give the ball back to the Panthers, and Green Bay's defense was able to get a stop. Aaron Rodgers said after the game, "If we play like this, we're not going to win in the playoffs." And in his post-game comments to the media, that was in the post-round, the post-game interview. In his press conference, he was a little more measured with his with his tone and criticism, but. You know, felt like, you know, they, they could have gotten the ball to Devontae Adams a little bit more, but that the Carolina Panthers really uh, spent a lot of time and energy on stopping Devontae Adams. They played a lot of wide, high two shell safeties, forced Green Bay to try and take everything underneath. And Green Bay was not aggressive enough to find ways to take advantage down the field. And I think part of this was also a lack of patience. And Matt LaFleur copped to this after the game. He said, look, we did not respond to the game flow well. And what he said was he felt like there was stuff that that they could get to and they could do that was in the plan that maybe they could have veered away from because the Packers in this game They averaged 7.2 yards per carry on the ground. Aaron Jones alone, 7.3 yards per carry. Rodgers had a number of runs, including um, the 31st of his career, a Packers record for running quarterback touchdowns. Jamal Williams goes out in this game, but the one run he had was also a six-yard run. A.J. Dillon, an 18-yard run. Aaron Jones was awesome in this game. The, The passing offense was not. And they didn't make any adjustments. You would you would like to see them make some adjustments because the defense did adjust. And, you know, a couple of the players talked about that. Um, they, they actually did bring some guys down into the box in the second half, and Green Bay was still not able to get anything going. The secondary receivers, Alan Lazard, at least in the passing game, he had the big drop, but also had, you know, the, the, the key third down extending drive on the field goal drive. Where was Marquez Valles scaling? Where was EQ? Where where was you know Big Bob Tunyon other than on the touchdown that was beautifully schemed up to him? He was able to unable to get free in the middle of the field. They weren't able to get Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. It was a lot of receiver screens, a lot of RPO, and it seemed a, a weird game all around. Not a lot of jet motion, not a lot of play action into intermediate throws. It's not the offense that we've come to see this season. And, you know, Ryan at at APC pointed this out. My colleague there said, you know, in in the games where the Packers offense has not played well, and particularly in losses, the Aaron Rodgers throw chart looks pretty similar. And it's a lot of throws underneath. It's a lot of throws near the line of scrimmage. When they can't get any kind of aggressiveness down the field, this offense has some issues. And and I, I don't know that that is strictly just oh they need a secondary receiver. Part of it is the plan. And and Lafleur said as much. I mean he took the responsibility after the game said I need to I need to do a better job getting our guys in a position to make plays. And we need to find more ways to get Devontae Adams free, even when teams want to bracket him. We need to find ways to get other guys involved. Uh, it did seem like the Packers were going to use that, that two running back look. This was this was an offense that looked a lot like, you know, some of the, the bad parts of 2019. And, you know, I don't know that it's a replicable formula for other teams. The Panthers play this weird 3-3-5 um, college Kind of scheme and Rodgers used all of those words to describe it. Used called it weird. Said it was you know kind of a college defense and it is. So that makes it even more strange that against a college defense you would use the RPO, which is specifically a college-based concept or or started in college and proliferated in the NFL as a result. The three-three-five is in part used to stop things like the RPO. And Green Bay was not able to make the adjustments offensively that it needed to make. Forget about the Aaron Rodgers MVP discussions and forget about you know the the aesthetics. The college football playoff committee does not decide who makes the playoffs. The Packers needed to win this game, and they won this game. The offense got the drive it needed in the second half. I wrote about this for, for Acme Packing Company this week. In The Gamer, I said, this is a formula the Packers can use. The run game... And defense. They get the critical red zone stop. They're able to pressure Teddy Bridgewater. They're able to play solid run defense. I mean, Mike Davis, 14 carries, 59 yards. That's getting it done in the in the run game. They were able to hold the, the Panthers' most productive receiver in this game, Robbie Anderson, to two catches for 21 yards. DJ Moore is their best receiver. He had six for 131. A couple of big plays, um, in, including a play where you know he makes this contested catch on third down over Kevin King, who doesn't even jump for the ball. I, uh, Kevin King was terrible in this game. But from the Packers' offensive standpoint. This is what you want them to be in December. Be able to run the ball, be able to play good defense, be opportunistic in the red zone, which they were offensively and defensively, and find a way to grind out a win. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. Now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring launching exclusively on January 18th at Blue Nile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're going to want to check it out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of Diamond Engagement Rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at Bluenile.com. So let's talk about the defense because this was a game where Green Bay comes in allowing under 300 yards each of the last two games. The last time they held three straight opponents under 300 yards was 2010, the year they won the Super Bowl. They can't do it against Carolina in part because they just didn't have the ball in the second half enough to keep Carolina off the field. They just kept giving them opportunities to get yards. But Green Bay holds the Panthers to 16 points. In the last month, the Packers have held two opponents to 16 They held two opponents under 300 yards, and they were beating the Bears 41-10 to through three quarters. They scored 15 in the fourth to change the aesthetics of that game and, and some of the stats as well. But the Packers' defense dominated that football game as well. Kevin King was as bad in this game as I have ever seen him play. It's one of the worst performances by a Packers corner I can remember, to be honest. And yet the Packers held a dynamic group of receivers in check most of the night in in a lot more man coverage the last few weeks. We saw Channon Sullivan have one of his best games of the year. Jair Alexander is a star. We know that his ability to lock down receivers is what makes this defense really work. And the safeties are playing outstanding. Adrian Amos had three pass breakups in this game. He was everywhere. Deep half, deep middle in the box, covering guys one on one. Darnell Savage he has really been unlocked by what Mike Patton is doing with him for all of the the consternation. I've used that word twice today for all of the complaints about Mike Patton. One of the things you can say unequivocally is he has gotten the best out of Amos and, and Savage this season. They They did not start off playing great. And I think they were playing a little too deep. Mike Patton made the adjustment. Savage is much more around the action and he's a playmaker. You know, he got in the passing lane. He is around the ball. His speed shows up so much more often now, coming downhill and making plays, making tackles. He's become a more reliable tackler, and Amos is just solid. Any of the discussions about cap casualties, Amos is not in that mix. And, you know, Preston Smith, he comes up and, and has a couple pressures. He forces an intentional grounding late in the game. He is is playing much better since Rashawn Gary was inserted into the starting lineup. Zadarius Smith, he is is rolling again. He has five pressures and a sack, a big one in the second half. Kingsley Kiki, you know, he is going to put a handful of of great pass rush reps on tape every single game and he he combined with Preston Smith on that late pressure to force the intentional grounding call which uh, for all intents and purposes ended the game. So the Packers pass rush was not um, great in this game, I wouldn't say, but it was uh, consistent. It was consistent. They did not force Teddy Bridgewater to to constantly feel uncomfortable. Uh, You know, they got seven hits on him, but they got they got him off his spot a couple times. They did sack him three times and they forced him to throw the ball earlier than he wanted to a couple of times. And Green Bay, they they contested a lot of passes, a lot of passes. I mean, they got their hands on seven throws from from Teddy Bridgewater. I would say they affected even more throws, but it's officially seven pass breakups. So this is the, the version of this defense that I think we're going to see moving forward. It is more man coverage, heavy, more four-man fronts, less three-man rushes, which is great. And they're playing a little bit bigger. They're playing Chris Barnes and Christian Kirksey on the field together. You hope Barnes' eye injury is not something that is serious, something that you know maybe he just gets poked and it's a scratched cornea or something, and and he can come back shortly. You put a shield on him, and, and he's good to go. Camille Martin get 22 snaps in this game. They're clearly unhappy with the way Christian Kirksey is playing. Um, that's not surprising because Christian Kirksey has not played well this season, and they found ways to get Chris Barnes on the field. They moved him to Mike. He is the Mike linebacker now, which means you're going to see him on the field most downs. Now, uh, Matt LaFleur said that was in some packages. There could be still, you know, if if they're going to go to a solo dime linebacker, then you want Kirksey on the field instead of Barnes. I don't know if that's true. Barnes' instinctiveness, his speed, his playmaking, his tackling consistency is just so much better than Kirksey. And we are to the point now where we can look at this and just say, Look, Christian Kirksey is not providing value to this team. And Kamel Martin is is a missile. He had another uh, missed TFL opportunity where he flew, shot a gap, flew to the ball carrier, and just couldn't break down, couldn't make the tackle. And a couple plays later, he did the exact same thing and made the TFL. I'm happy to just play through it. Just let the guy play through it. Let him play through his mistakes and let him learn because he can do things. No other linebacker on this team can. With his athleticism, he is so dynamic with his movement skills, being able to shoot gaps and and miss and recover. That's a huge thing. He can be wrong. Camel Martin can be wrong on a play-action fake read-run take three steps up, and still get back to his area, still get underneath a throwing lane. We saw him do it a couple times against Houston. I just don't know what else they need to see to decide he is the guy that that is best suited to be playing next to Chris Barnes. The Kevin King question is another one that I, I just don't know what they do there. Josh Jackson was a healthy scratch. Listeners of this show throughout the season will know I don't understand why they've decided that he is so much better than Josh Jackson. I I still believe that Josh Jackson in his handful of starts was better than anything we've seen from Kevin King this year. The Kevin King of 2018, we didn't see really in 2019. In 2019, he was very inconsistent, made a couple splash plays, and then has really been bad in 2020. Just bad. And, and. One of the worst performances by a Packers corner in recent memory. I mean, he was Ahmad Carroll bad in this game. Bad missed tackles, misplaying playing balls in the air. And he just, he doesn't look fast. He doesn't look twitchy. And, and Josh Jackson, at least he can make tackles. At least he plays hard. I mean, there was a play earlier in the game where he gave up a catch on the sideline and then watched the safety make the tackle. Didn't go finish and just sort of gave up on the play. And I'm just like, what? At what? What does he have to do in a game like this, where you're probably going to win because your offense can do enough in the second half? What do you have to do to get benched? I mean, what do you have to do? Because to me, it's not just it's not um, mental mistakes. It's not physical mistakes. If you're not giving effort, that's when you can't be on the field. And I don't know that that you know I would have benched him. I'm just wondering, what would it have taken? What would it have taken? Because it, it was it was certainly close. I mean, the effort was just not there. And they they clearly think Kadar Holman has more value on special teams than Josh Jackson. They like Vernon Scott as the dime safety better than someone like Josh Jackson. So they're going to play their three corners, and th- and those are going to be their corners. You know, they were playing Raven Green as a as a slot defender. He's on IR. I just, I would, I would hope that this is the kind of week where you say, okay, listen, Kevin, we think you're talented, we think you have a lot of ability, but you're not playing well enough. So twenty nine and thirty seven are going to rotate in this week at at corner due to him. What the Packers did to Preston Smith with Rashawn Gary and say, look, these guys, you're not playing well enough, and there needs to be some accountability there. And that is something that Matt LaFleur has preached. The best guys are going to play. And if if you're not playing well enough, the other guy's going to go in there. They're doing it with Christian Kirksey, and it's working. Chris Barnes is making meaningful plays on a snap-to-snap basis for this defense. It's helped them be better. They're playing better. And Mike Patton was accountable to his players. His players came to him and said, listen, we, we need to make a change here. And he did it. He, that is self-accountability. In some ways, the hardest thing in in football to be is accountable to yourself, especially when you're a coach, because you you don't really have to be accountable to your players. You really only have to be accountable to your head coach and your GM. And yet Mike Penn said, all right, look, if you guys think this is this is what's best, I'm going to tell you that that there's going to be a limit to it and, and we're still going to do X, Y, and Z, but we're going to make some of these changes. And it has been to the benefit of this team. It is not too late in the year to start to start giving someone else snaps you're a professional and if you're a professional cornerback it cannot hurt your feelings that someone else is going to get some first team reps it it can't it can't be a personal thing it can't be oh well we can't we can't do that to Kevin because um it'll it'll uh, hurt his confidence well then he's not a starting caliber corner if his confidence is that easily rattled then you're just not cut out to play the position in the NFL because you're going to get beat and so if your confidence is going to be that easily rattled, you don't have the mental toughness to do the thing in the league. And maybe he just doesn't have the physical ability either. Now, I don't, I don't want to make this a show that's just a, a big rant about Kevin King because I have always liked the talent. Um, I, I was not as high on him coming out as, as the Packers were. I defended him against the TJ Watt uh, discussions and as recently as 2018, um, or maybe even early in 2019 laughed about, uh, Kevin King over TJ Watt and saying that, you know, the Packers would not trade places. Yeah, that, um, uh, I'm a mistake. <laughs> uh, I, I was wrong about that. And, and not just, I was wrong. Uh, TJ Watt has become a dominant force and Kevin King just hasn't gotten better. And I, there, I just don't see a scenario where he's back on this team next year. So if, especially if that's the case, then you don't have any loyalty that you need to keep to this guy. And so you need to go and put the best 11 defenders you can out there. Now, unfortunately, this block is supposed to be about, this segment was supposed to be about how good this defense is playing. And it turned into a rant about Kevin King. The defense is playing well enough to be good in the playoffs. Now they have a big test this week with the Titans and you can say, Oh, the schedule of the last week or the last month has not been particularly tough. But if you go back to the Vikings game that they lost and they give up 28 points in that game, that they, they look just awful defensively. They come out against the team. They should beat against San Francisco and blow the doors off them offensively and defensively. Since that Minnesota game, they've allowed more than 25 points Once in seven games and it was the Colts game where they turned the ball over four times and you dig into it even further. The 25 points by the the, the bears is a fraudulent 25 points because they were down 41, 10 in the fourth quarter and the lions get to 24 points because of points they score in the fourth quarter in a game that the Packers were in control of really the entire way. So, This defense is finding ways to get it done. They've made some adjustments. If you can take the offense that Green Bay has played most of the year and combine it with the defense that we've seen the last two months, particularly the last month, this is absolutely a Super Bowl contender. And not just contender, a team that can win the Super Bowl. College football heads into bowl season and there are still some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the NFL playoff picture becoming clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money down. They've got NFL games of the week, college football. All kinds of stuff. They, if if you can think of a bet, they probably have a line for it at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows starting December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including Locked On Bucks, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. Just to put a finer point on both of the topics that we've hit on today, the Packers defense held the Panthers to one touchdown in five red zone trips. Now, one of those was when the Panthers chose to kick the field goal late to make it a one score game and try and get a stop with as much time left on the clock, which I thought was an interesting decision to make. I thought it was a fun decision to make. I don't know if it's the one I would have made. I don't know if that's quite a stop because Green Bay um, had just given up the big play to get them down there. So, you know, maybe the Panthers punch that. And still, if we just take that one off, they're one of four, including the turnover. They force the three field goals and give up just the one touchdown. On the other side, Green Bay goes three for three in the red zone. Now, we talked about this with Olivia Reiner last week and and red zone performance and third down performance can be a little variable. Green Bay has been bad in the red zone this year. In fact, on a points per drive uh, measure, they are the worst red zone defense in football. You would expect a defense that is just okay overall would not continue to be terrible in a specific subset of play that they would at some point start to regress back to the mean, which in this case is improvement because they were terrible at it. The Barnes play is a fluke play, but it comes because you have a playmaker. It comes because you have guys in the right position. It comes because you are giving yourself a chance to make those plays. And it wasn't just that one. Carolina had a number of other opportunities, and they just weren't able to cash them in with all of the dynamic skill talent That they have. Remember, this is a top 10 offense by DVOA. So, Green Bay, on the other side, they were efficient with their opportunities three for three in the red zone. They are the best red zone team in the league. They are the best team inside the 10 in the league. They are absolutely dynamos in that area. That is the kind of exchange that can win or lose playoff games you are more efficient in the red zone than your opponent if you don't especially if you don't turn the ball over which green bay didn't you're going to win and beat a lot of teams so for you know the this aesthetics of it and the lull in the middle of the game and all of that stuff this is how the packers can beat teams in the playoffs, even with the lulls, because the Panthers are not a bad team. Their their four and ten record is highly misleading. In fact, the Packers had a larger margin of victory against the Panthers than the Saints, than the Chiefs, than the Cardinals. Some of these teams. I mean, this is this is a stout, hard working, hard playing football team with a good offense. And some really good young talent on defense, and and we saw it on Saturday night. Derek Brown, the light went on, and he just he took Lucas Patrick and and really uh, made a mess of things for him. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be you know if you're looking at a playoff game and you're looking at the Rams. I think your best five is probably Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, and Billy Turner inside. You just you need to have those your best guys. And Billy Turner, by the way, awesome 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 on saturday uh by, by Pro football focus his best game as a packer and i believe his best game as a pro so again for all of the the uh complaints that that we will have coming out of this game and there are plenty of them uh the the running the ball playing stout defense and winning in the red zone that is the way you can win in the playoffs that is the way the packers can win in the playoffs and it's just, it's a, it, those things in that way are good to see expert Tuesday coming tomorrow is how you doing on Wednesday crossover Thursday on Christmas Eve. And that'll be our last show of the week. We will not have uh, a Christmas show. Uh, I might do a periscope. If people want to do a periscope, maybe we can do a periscope. Um, if it, if it doesn't get me divorced. So if you want that, let me know, hit me up on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, hit me up on the podcast, Twitter at locked on Packers, hit me up on Facebook, Uh, Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Go leave us a review. If you want to give me a a gift for the holidays, a five-star review on iTunes would be everything that I could want from you. So that would be great. And in fact, um, if you do that, go do that. I'm going to be sending Packer golf balls, Locked on Packers sleeves of golf balls to people who leave reviews. So leave your reviews. Um, leave your Twitter handle, your email address or something, some way that I can communicate that I can know it's you and I will be sending out sleeves of Locked on Packer golf balls for people who leave reviews. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, maybe you want to let me know you left a review, do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.